Acts, the journeys with, with Paul, missions, that's part of what had us thinking about South Korea. I was thinking about that. But missions, missionary journeys, missionary methods, all kinds of things we've, <clears throat> we've found as we've studied through this. And we've kind of landed in Corinth like Paul did for 18 months, a little longer than we have the other places we've been. And so we've been over in First and Second Corinthians a couple of weeks, and we're going to be there a couple more. Um, so I'm not so sure how long I can last. This may be a short <laughs> podcast, or you're going to have to talk. Uh, but we're, I'm going to use chapter 6 yep. this weekend, and then you are as well. We're going to talk about the body as a temple and what that means as far as our, our physical relationships. Um, we were talking yesterday from chapter 6, verse 12. There's a quotation there. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by mm. anything. And you shared some interesting insight into the, the historical nature of that quote. Yeah, I mean, you, the Epicurean and the Stoics are still the predominant thought in the whole region, and the Epicureans are all about physical pleasure. And so that's a saying that was used in Corinth there of like, hey, well, everything's permissible, you know, like it's fine because it's just the body. Anything and so, goes. yeah, and even on when we're thinking about spiritual things in their minds, they're like, yeah, but whatever we do to the body is separate. It's separated from the spiritual thing. So the two are not interconnected. And Paul is, he's taking that and going, okay, but is that really beneficial for us, we're going to, he's addressing the church too. Living in freedom doesn't mean that you get the right to do whatever you want. And so I think playing off that thing is there, Paul doesn't want us to be enslaved or mastered by anything of the flesh. And it's crazy that he wrote this so long ago. And it's the exact same thing that we're dealing with in our culture today. Yeah, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody who who talked about even you know the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back when we talked about Abraham and Lot, uh, and Sodom and Gomorrah, and story after story, it's the same scene played out over and over again. And I think that's what Paul's emphasizing. It's because these physical sins, sexual sins, um, aren't like a lot of other sins. There, There's this internal desire placed in us by God and this pleasure element given to us by God that really causes us to wage war with these issues. Mm-hmm. And so it's not anything that's located in just one <clears throat> one era or one culture, but it's just a, it's just a fact of life that we're going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be consistent i'm well, wondering though go ahead i was gonna say in corinth especially though because of the context of that city and the worship with the prostitutes he's going after something very specific mm-hmm. in corinth because it was considered worship to unite yourself with a prostitute it's called the corinthianize exactly and it was a phrase they used and paul's going after that going hey you got you have a new identity you have a new purpose a new life and just because that's okay in the context you're living doesn't make it biblical and what God wants from you. And so he's calling them out of their culture to be set apart, to be different, even though everyone around them says, hey, that's okay, go ahead, do that, and there's no judgment. He's saying, yeah, but 
you're not looking to your left and right for your for your guide. You're looking up, you know, and our relationship with God determines how then we live out this earthly life. Don't you think he would in that sense say the same thing to our culture? Yeah. Because we've doesn't gone, matter what your neighbor does. <laughs> we've gone very rapidly as a culture from uh, abhorrent sexual behavior being abhorrent, mm-hmm. <laughs> dishonorable, you know, something that was kept secret to celebrate it mm-hmm. just in a, in a, I would say, little more than a decade. You know, I mean, it's been a long process since the 60s, but it's just really this transition has happened quickly. Now we have churches. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, churches that are, that are teaching that this is, you know, homosexuality or we have, multiple sexual activity in people. We have leaders in the church. Yes, it's not just accepted amongst the, the body, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's it's leadership. Yeah, and so I think this is where it's it's nothing new. We we learned about it whenever we were in uh, Greece. You know, they would have these plays, and there would be all kinds of this sexual immorality demonstrated on stage, and then that would transcend into the culture. So Satan's tricks are nothing new. And we tend to go in pendulum swings of like, you know, mm-hmm. intense, you know, just moral purity. You know, we strive for that. And then it swings back the other way. And Paul's, I think, is advocating this this freedom in Christ and choosing to live a life that's honoring God. And I think some of those questions we have to ask is like, are the things we're doing, are they beneficial to us and to others, like in our freedom, you know, everything's permissible, but is it really going to benefit our walk with God? Is it going to glorify God in these things? And the other thing is, am I being ruled by these things, these desires of the flesh? And so, you know, do I go back for that second or third helping? Am I being ruled by that? Do I have to have that cup of coffee to get my day going or whatever it is. Do I go beyond having a drink? Yeah. Alcoholic to, to drunkenness. Yeah. Yeah. So food time. <clears throat> do I have to stay at the office to get this done? Because making money. Yeah. How much is enough? Uh-huh. All those areas. Yeah, it's permissible, but is it really beneficial? And does this glorify God in what I do? And am I enslaved to it? Do I feel this you know, being led like a dog to these things time and time again? Or do I really live in the freedom and joy of Christ where he is the center? And so I can put down whatever it is in order to pick up the things of Christ. Sin has a way of being uh, so enticing, you know, <laughs> and and Satan plays that game of, of hooking and drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the psalmist writes of, of sitting or walking, standing and sitting with corrupt people or in, in the wrong place this progression of fall you know that's, that's what you see with lot when he mm-hmm. parted company with abraham he heads towards the valley of sodom because it was more productive mm-hmm. he's camped outside the city of sodom he's living inside the city of sodom <laughs> lo and behold he's offering his daughters to the, to the men of the city when they come looking for the angels how did he get there he slowly was pulled in and consumed by his desire. I mean, look at, there's been a few pastors even lately that not on the even sexual side of things, but like 
different scandals. They none of them start there. You know, none of them go from preaching gospel to falling in sin. People don't wake up and say, "How can I ruin my life today?" Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's these slow steps of rationalizing this behavior is okay or, you know, you you kind of go to new levels as you make things okay. It's the, you know, frog in the pot of boiling water idea. You slowly turn that water up and before you know it, you have something that's alive to completely cooked and dead. John MacArthur said in this passage, Paul's warning us that sin, it, it harms us and then it controls us mm-hmm. and ultimately ends up perverting reality for us so that we, we take that which is wrong and celebrate it as right. Yep. That's where we're at as a That's culture. That's where we're at. That's first, a scary place. First Timothy 1 9, uh, Paul talks about two guys that uh, deny their conscience. You know, and the word their conscience is more of like this idea of the spirit. So we talked about the body as the temple last week. <clears throat> and one of the ideas of that is because we are the body uh, or the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And, you know, that conscience, the spirit idea, we are given one of the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and it guides and directs us. And we usually don't have a problem knowing what's right and wrong. But the problem comes when we intentionally deny the spirit, the conscience, as First Timothy talks about. Well, I think, though, eventually we get to the point where our conscience is so dulled that we don't know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so he ends that passage with these two guys. He says they shipwreck their faith. And so because they've denied their conscience, they've denied the spirit living inside of them that they have shipwrecked their faith. Man, we are no one is above that either, because if we keep rationalizing things that are okay, like we will find ourselves shipwrecked. And the only way you get shipwrecked is like you're okay until you're not okay. And bad things happen then, and the whole thing comes apart. Well, isn't that like in culture, we always want to see how far we can go? Yeah. You know, it's your, where's that line? It's your illustration of the marbles or the thing filled, you know, how close to the edge can you get without it falling off and breaking? You don't know until you fall. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. And that's, that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, you are a new creation. We're not even going to get close to the line. We're running towards Christ. Mm -hmm. We're going to. You know, he talks about beating our bodies as a boxer where you're training, you're denying, you're putting everything under the lordship that, that of Jesus actually, Christ. Actually, the beat our body, mm-hmm. the phrase translates literally, give yourself a black eye. Yeah. Beat like, it into submission. Beat it into submission. Yeah. Because the body, the flesh, that pull from Satan, got to beat it into submission. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a black eye. Yeah. And he takes that serious. So he goes, you know, their phrase, you know, uh, food for the body, body for food. And, you know, God will destroy both of them. Paul's saying, no, like the body is for God. And so our lives, he's given us this body. He's given this this life to glorify him, not indulge ourselves. And Paul is... <laughs> He's addressing a very specific thing, like I said, in Corinth because of the indulgence and sexual sin, but also food and just a celebration of indulging in life. And he's saying, no, like that's not the point of life. It is to give God glory with everything we have, you know, and so we live differently than the world around us. Do you think this 
illustration of Temple is his <clears throat> his picture of choice because of the Epicureans and the separation of flesh and spirit? Probably. And he's just wanting to make very clear this understanding that we don't separate flesh and spirit. Fact is, we're the the, the flesh is the housing mm-hmm. for the spirit. Yeah. And so what you do in the flesh matters to the spirit. Mm-hmm. It, it does. And I, the Epicureans would have separated that. I think after you were talking about that a while ago, I thought that's probably why he's really landing and hammering on this idea that we, we're, we're one. Yeah. Well, I would say, too, the, the challenge for Christ followers anywhere in the world is to blend, you know, their culture, their, their um, you know, religion of their culture or whatever with Christianity. And so yeah. Paul is interacting, you know, in that time period, but also we're interacting with it in our time period of like, not just, we don't want to blend our culture into our relationship with Christ, but Paul's reminding them of who God is, what, you know, he wants to do through the church. Um, so that way, yeah, they form their identity, they form their, you know, their lives on Christ rather than their culture. And so, so yeah. you see that in the previous chapter of first Corinthians, and I know most of that I think is written for a disciplinary case model. But listen to these words. This is this is what's going on in the city and how far they have fallen. Mm-hmm. It says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even amongst the pagans. So he's you know, he's in Corinth, he's looking around seeing the prostitute issues and all this is even happening there. Paul points out, okay. Uh, a man has his father's wife. So he's he's sleeping with his stepmom. Mm-hmm. The way that has to be. And <clears throat> Here's the phrase that is shocking. First part of verse 2, and you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. Proud of it. But that's the that's the transition when, when we accept and participate, then we celebrate, and we get deluded in our thinking to where that which is wrong becomes right, and we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. They're proud. And I, and I would assume it's, it's based upon their being gracious and tolerant, but of sin. Mm-hmm. I just read last night in Isaiah, woe to you who are wise in your own eyes, you know, and I don't know when you read that, that's exactly. what came to mind of that pride, that proudness. That Well, and so that plays into, they've heard this message of grace. They've heard this, you know, mm-hmm. gospel message and they're like, Hey, we're accepting everyone. It's okay. Like, come on in. And so they're proud of this, that they're accepting. And Paul's like, yeah, I want them there, but I don't want them like that. Like, the gospel calls us to change. And so we don't stay in our sin. We don't stay in the culture. We're actually sanctified, the process of becoming more and more like Christ as we follow him. So let's not celebrate sin. Let's mourn over sin. It's the church website that says, you know, come as you are mm-hmm. and stay that way. It's okay. Yeah. God we, loves you just the way you God are. God loves you just the way we are. Tolerance. And Here's the thing. He does love you just the way you are. Absolutely. But he's not going to leave you there because uh-huh. he loves you. It's it's parenting a child. Like when we see our kids messing up, we don't want them to continue to mess up over and over. We want them to get better. We want them to change. And so we discipline them. We, you know, we help them, guide them, shape them to make wise decisions. That's why when chapter six, he lists all those sexual behaviors and, and other kinds of sinful behavior. He says, that's what some of you were. Yep. That's the goal, the transformation, to be different. 
I think, in another interesting light to me to this text, is I think he wrote uh, the book of Romans mm-hmm. from Corinth. Not on this visit, but the next. Would you agree with that? Yeah, on a, you're teaching on a future New Testament. Visit. You're teaching New Testament, <laughs> Levi. Are you, you agree with on that? On a future visit, yes. So he, he talks in chapter 1 of Romans about how far we fall when we, when we reject God's instruction for living. Mm-hmm. He says, Therefore God gave them over to their sinful desires, their hearts of sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever to be praised. They trade truth for a lie. Man, that's just where we're at. In so many ways. So many ways. So one, I, I'm probably not going to touch on this in the sermon, but one thing that just, and maybe I will, who knows. But in the church, consumerism is just one of those things, and it's for some reason really highlighted lately about... Like, we pride ourselves on working more, being more busy, making more money, and, like, not to the extent of so we can see, you know, unreached people groups, you know, come to know Jesus or the kingdom of God, but bigger, faster, better, you know? And then that's celebrated in the church. We say that's actually a blessing from God. Yeah, you know? He's going to bless us with more stuff. Uh, it gets me fired up whenever I start thinking about that. Yeah. Trading the truth for a lie. Mm-hmm. The end of that's destruction. The American dream. It's destruction. Yeah, we've, we've traded the truth of God for the American dream, I, I'm afraid, in a lot of situations. Mm. More to say this week? I have a lot more to say, but probably don't want to jump off too many things here yeah levi more you done you have oh, said a whole lot no i always have more but yeah i don't know keep it to yourself <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to ask another prompting question and then i'll then i'll run for that's it that's not how we do this we no just we're done <laughs> we done all right thanks for doing this on the rethink podcast <laughs>